This program is brought to you by Suffolk University. Please visit us on the web at www.suffolk.edu. Intellectual property may be protected via more than one type of legal protection. Today, I want to focus on choosing between reliance on patent law and trade secrets law to protect business know-how. First, I want to provide a quick overview of what subject matter is eligible for patent protection. Under the patent law, the statute, Section 101, specifies certain categories of patentable subject matter. And those are, first, a process or method of doing something, a machine, and I guess a simple definition of a machine is a device with moving parts, a manufacturer is the third category, and that's where you take something and modify it via human intervention. For example, I find vitamin B in nature, but you create a purified form of it. Well, that purified form of vitamin B is eligible to be considered for patent protection. Additionally, the method of making the purified form might also be patent eligible. The final category is a composition of matter, and that's when you combine a variety of molecules, elements, or virtually anything else to produce a new compound. In genetic engineering today, new types of bacteria have been created that do not exist in nature. And then finally, an improvement of any of the uh, above categories is patent eligible subject matter. Historically, based on case law, the above categories have been subject to some limitations, even if something might otherwise fit within one of the previously mentioned categories. Abstract ideas, for example, you have a great idea how to build a machine to do something, but no idea how to actually build it, that's generally not eligible for patent protection. A newly discovered law of nature, for example, you're the first person to discover gravity or electricity, that is not eligible for patent protection. Newly newly discovered natural phenomena, also not subject or eligible for patent protection. You might develop a revolutionary new mathematical relationship, which is critical to um, future research in a particular field. For example, you're the first one to discover Ohm's law, which is current equals voltage divided by resistance for a DC circuit. That is not eligible for patent protection. You might also be the first person to discover a new mineral or plant. That likewise is not subject or eligible for patent protection. Let's uh, switch gears to trade secret law. Trade secret law, of course, unlike patent law, is predominantly governed by state law. The Uniform Trade Secrets Act has been adopted with some modifications in the vast majority of jurisdictions in the United States. A minority of states, like Massachusetts, have not adopted the Uniform Trade Secrets Act, and common law, combined with some state statutes, controls in Massachusetts. However, both the Uniform Trade Secrets Act and the common law, with some minor differences, generally define the subject matter of trade secrets law in a similar manner. Trade secret law relies on a functional or descriptive definition for what's covered rather than specific categories of protectable subject matter like the patent law does. The basic requirements for something to qualify for trade secrets protection are the following three things. The know-how or intellectual property must be maintained in secret. Second, it must not be known by competitors. And third, the uh, owner of the trade secret who maintains it in secrecy must get some economic advantage, potential or actual, over competitors who do not know the trade secret. Generally, anything protectable by patent law is potentially protectable via trade secrets law, as long as the above criteria for a trade secret are satisfied. However, many things 
not protected by patent law may be protected by trade secret law. For example, abstract ideas, basic business information like marketing data, customer lists, that is not protectable under patent law, but it is potentially protectable under trade secret law. What I want to focus on now is technology or business know-how that can be protected by either patent or trade secrets law, and I want to examine the considerations with regard to deciding whether to rely on trade secrets law or patent law. Now, let's take a simple uh, type of technology that would fall within that category, a new manufacturing process to create widgets. That would be potentially protectable either under patent law or under trade secret law. In making the determination of which to choose, there are two general categories of considerations which must be be examined. First general category, legal considerations. What different types of rights do you get legally under each body of law? The second general category are business considerations. What are the business consequences, costs, considerations, etc., with regard to choosing between patent law or trade secrets law? First, let's focus on legal considerations. Patent law requires full disclosure of your manufacturing process in a patent in order to obtain patent protection. Additionally, most patent applications today are published and available to the public 18 months after the patent application is filed, and therefore you've educated everyone about the technology you're seeking a patent on. And again, when the patent becomes uh, issued, it's a public document, and today it's available online, and so you're essentially sharing that with the entire world. Secondly, duration of protection. Well, the patent term is 20 years from the date you file the patent application. You don't get any meaningful protection until the patent issues, which is several years later. So therefore, in many cases, you're going to get 16, 17, 18 years of protection, a long period of protection. However, trade secret law, in contrast, has no limit. As long as the technology is maintained, the process in this case is maintained as a secret and your competitors don't know it and you continue to get an economic advantage, the trade secret status continues. Third criteria, exclusivity. Patent rights are exclusive. And so you can prevent anyone in the United States from making, using, selling, or importing your method, even if they are unaware that your patent exists. Trade secret rights are non-exclusive. You can't object to a third party who independently discovers your method and decides to use it. Secondly, you can't object to a third party who reverse engineers your method and decides to use it. That type of conduct is not violative of of your trade secret rights. Let's switch to the second general category now, business considerations with regard to deciding to rely on trade secret law or patent law. The first criteria is commercial life. It takes, on general, several years or more to get a patent in the United States today. Therefore, the commercial life of the product has to be considered because if the commercial life is extremely short, the market life of the product will have ended before the patent even issues. Much high technology becomes essentially ancient after a few years. In contrast, there are, of course, some things in the high technology area which may have a long life. For example, some formats for digitizing pictures sent over the Internet are widely used. Some of those are covered by patent, and it's not clear those formats will become outdated so fast. Second criteria, is reverse engineering likely? That's not a risk for a patent, but it is a risk for a trade secret. If a third party buying your widget made by your process kept as a trade secret 
may be able to figure out the process, may be able to reverse engineer it, that has to be a consideration. Because if they reverse engineer the, the uh, trade secret, the process, they're going to be free to use it and free to distribute it to other parties. And that means the type of technology, the type of product that's sold needs to be considered because some products may be easy to reverse engineer and thereby figure out the process that was used to make them. Other products may be easy to reverse engineer, but that may not uh, reveal the process that was used to make the product. For example, Coca-Cola has been on sale for over 100 years. A chemist can figure out what's in Coca-Cola by reverse engineering a product, the, the soda when it's bought in a retail store. Nevertheless, no one has been able to figure out the precise process or recipe that is used to make it. Hence, Coca-Cola has had a trade secret on that manufacturing process for over a century. If they had relied on patent law, the information would have been fully disclosed in the patent, and the patent would have long since expired, and anyone would be, would be able to use that process. Third, is independent invention likely? Again, it's not a risk for a patent, but it is a risk for relying on trade secrets protection. Often, many companies work in par on parallel research paths with people that are trained in similar processes and uh, similar types of technology. And so in some industries, it may very well be likely that if you your, your company invents something and keeps it a trade secret, that a competitor might very well be working on a similar process and might independently develop that. And so you need to consider, is an independent invention likely? Well, that re involves evaluating a number of risks, at least initially. How many competitors are there in the field that you're in? What are the R&D budgets of competitors? Are you in an industry where changes and new advances occur slowly, or is it an industry where they occur rapidly and continuously? Finally, the technical sophistication of your competitors is going to be relevant. The next factor, fourth factor, educating your competitors. Remember, a patent is a public document. And under the patent law, the patent has to enable someone skilled in the relevant art, after reading the patent document, to be able to practice your invention with minimal experimentation. Hence, if you seek patent protection on your manufacturing method for widgets, it has to disclose enough information so a competitor would be able to figure out relatively easily what your process is by reading the patent application. So that raises some issues. Do you want your competitors to know what you're working on? Do you want them to know what you're spending your R&D money on? Will it give competitors ideas for other ways to use the technology disclosed in your patent describing the manufacturing process you develop? You also have the global problem. Patent rights generally only apply domestically, so you need to file patent applications for your technology in every country where you may um, want to use your technology or may want to use it in the future. Hence, it's very difficult without spending a lot of money to get patent protection that's going to be uh, extensive around the world in addition to uh, in the U.S. In contrast, maintaining a uh, technical know-how, such as the manufacturing process in this case, may be possible to do to maintain it in secret, and hence you may have protection that essentially extends beyond the United States. Next factor, the difficulty of maintaining secrecy. Well, how costly will it be to maintain secrecy versus the economic value of the trade secret? You also have to examine the cost of a patent versus the cost to maintain secrecy. A couple of factors to consider. The cost of obtaining a patent has increased enormously in recent years, and so the cost of secrecy may, in fact, be less than obtaining a patent. 
You also have to consider the cost of enforcing the patent against third-party infringers. Infringement lawsuits are extremely expensive today, and so you must have the resources to fund a lawsuit. If reliance on trade secret is chosen, of course, you also have to examine costs, but somewhat different costs. Physical security measures, locks, gates, um, guards, various types of physical barriers to um, protect your trade secret from the roving eyes of uh, unauthorized parties. You also need to have... uh, You have to teach or educate employees to take security seriously, and there are costs involved with that. Document destruction. You have to maintain very careful control of documents that are destroyed. And, in fact, shredding documents today may not even be enough. Some companies will have their documents pulverized to avoid inadvertent information being disclosed to third parties. Another huge problem today is computer security. You know, a locked door is not enough. Today, few businesses maintain everything on paper any longer. Documents tend to be maintained in digital form on computer systems, and that creates a number of risks. One, internal risk. Anyone inside the company may have access to the computer resources, so you need to have adequate security measures to regulate who has access to what. But additionally, the Internet has created another problem. Many companies have um, their data and their electronic resources accessible via the Internet, and that provides a great convenience for employees. An employee may be able to work from at home. He may be able to sit in a Starbucks and access the company resources via a Wi-Fi network. He may be sitting in an airport and access it via a Wi-Fi network. And recently, you can even uh, access over the Internet your company resources when you're on an airplane flying uh, in different parts of the world. But that raises a question. How secure are those wireless networks? Well, generally, they have only minimal, if any, security on them. So, therefore, there's a risk that the convenience provided by Internet access of digital data from outside the company may make it more vulnerable to a third party obtaining the information. And that's certainly a consideration if you're going to rely on trade secrets law to protect your um, technical know-how or data, in this case, your method. And, of course, you also have the additional worry today of employees inadvertently sharing information they perhaps shouldn't be sharing on Facebook, on Twitter, and on the numerous other electronic resources which employees have access to at home, outside work, and increasingly they even have access to those resources at work on company networks. Finally, it's become common today to carry data on USB drives, also called keychain drives, because they've become quite large and can hold tremendous amounts of data. Their smallness makes them very convenient for carrying data, but at the same time, the fact that they're so small makes them subject to being lost frequently, and a lost keychain drive or USB drive could have significant types of data on it that a third party could acquire if they find it. So that requires another um, concern about controlling or being cognizant of what kind of information employees can download and transfer from the company network to a USB or keychain drive. Another um, area of risk today in light of computer technology is email. Many companies' employees use email today fairly frequently, and people often forget that email is not a confidential or secure medium of transmission, and so confidential information may be sent via email. Files may be attached to an email without realizing um, the confidential nature of the files and that they may obtain information related to the 
technology here, the, namely the process to make widgets that the company is trying to protect as a trade secret. You also have problems of replacement of computers. Computers are replaced fairly rapidly. They're not devices that last for 20 years. And so when computers are disposed of, companies have to be cognizant of the fact that they need to fully erase whatever might have been on the hard drive of the computer. And in some cases, if data is extremely valuable that might be on there, that might require actually destroying the hard drives so that inadvertently um, data is not allowed to be acquired by a third party who may acquire the computer after it's disposed of or discarded. Additionally, factors with regard to the particular company's culture are relevant. If you rely on trade secrecy law, then a company must have both the um, economic wherewithal, the money to hire attorneys, and the ability to make fast decisions because if someone potentially has access to your trade secret, it's important to promptly and rapidly go to court and seek a preliminary injunction or a temporary restraining order in order to prevent more widespread disclosure of the trade secret. And why is that a problem? Well, it's a problem because, from my experience, there are companies that don't like to bring lawsuits. They uh, prefer to resolve things more informally. There are also companies that have difficulty making fast decisions. And so those need to be considerations because if you don't act rapidly and quickly seek some kind of judicial relief, once you think your trade secret may have um, been exposed to third parties, every day that you wait, the chances that it gets more widely disclosed uh, are possible. And once you have widespread disclosure of the trade secret, it no longer is secret, and hence the trade secret property is gone. The next major consideration is the economic effect of losing rights to the technology, in this case your manufacturing process for widgets. Will loss of the right to control this technology result in the end of the company? Is this the key asset that the company relies on, or is it simply one of many assets the company relies on? If it's the key asset, this manufacturing process for widgets, the company relies on, then relying on trade secrecy law may be risky, especially if you have to disclose the process to potential customers of your widgets. The risk of trade secret loss increases with each such disclosure. On the other hand, you may not have to disclose it. Uh, Customers may only be interested in seeing the final product, the widget. Additionally, are other IP rights, such as trademarks, available? And are they something that you rely on, which could minimize the the consequences of losing your rights to your trade secret? For example, Tylenol. That's a product that's not protected by patent law, but they have a significant, if not the largest, market share despite having competitors due to their reliance on a very strong trademark, which is widely recognized by consumers. This suggests that alternate forms of intellectual property protection, such as a trademark, may be effectively coupled with trade secrecy protection. And as a result, you may be able to maintain a product or a method of making a product as a trade secret while developing strong trademark recognition for the product made by that process. And then if trade secret protection is subsequently lost, the economic effect may be small if the trademark has achieved strong consumer recognition by the time the trade secret is lost. Another major factor involves the number of employees with access to technology and how likely is it that those employees will change employers 
after they have access to your trade secret technology. Because the security risk of potentially losing your trade secret, in this case your widget manufacturing process, is going to be directly proportional to the number of employees who need access to the technology in the company and how likely those employees will move from one industry to another or one company to another. This is especially a problem today with regard to technology workers who are the most likely people to have access to your um, manufacturing process and are likewise um, most likely to change employers frequently. And frequently they're going to go to an employer who is a competitor. And so a competitor may have a legitimate interest in hiring them with the hope of obtaining information about whatever processes their former employer was using. Now, that, there are a couple of ways, obviously, to minimize the effects of that. One is it's probably good practice to have every employee, and especially employees with access to um, your trade secret process, sign employment agreements that restrict disclosure of the trade secret at any time during employment or after they leave your employment. And in addition, that agreement, if applicable or allowable in your jurisdiction, should also include a non-compete clause. The final factor is industry culture. Some industries rely heavily on patents, so decisions to obtain patent protection may be necessary to obtain financing from venture capitalists or other investors who will not be willing to provide capital absent some type of patent protection. Other industries rely less on patents, and they instead rely on being first in the market, or they rely on strong trademarks. So trade secret protection may be preferable rather than waiting to obtain a patent, or rather than minimizing uh, the type and number of outside investors who are not going to invest absent a patent. If you're interested in more information on this topic, you're welcome to email me. I can send you an online link to an article I published on this topic. My email address is a r o d a u at Suffolk, S-U-F-F-O-L-K, dot E-D-U. And additional information on intellectual property law is also available on my website, which is at www.lawprofessor.org. Thank you. This preceding program was brought to you by Suffolk University. Please visit us on the web at www.suffolk.edu.